This is the second episode of The Stock Show. After rave reviews from podcast critics around the world, I have caved to the unparalleled demand with round two. Today, I have a friend who, like me, is willing to make a good old-fashioned yellow trade once in a while. The show is all about finding interesting investment opportunities and learning from those who've won and lost big. In these 20-minute Clubhouse episodes, we'll discuss the latest market-making news, jump into a conversation with my co-host of the week, and field trading ideas from the community. Anyways, let's get started with my favorite disclaimer rapper. Yeah, he no longer holds on the shares of GameStop, but his words are enough to make another stock pop. Remember that this show is just for your laughs, not investment advice, though. We do love some grass. The bear in the broad street didn't hire the lawyers, but he definitely wants to avoid those court orders. Don't expect the stock show to be business-like. So back to Nick O'Neill. Hey, man, here's the mic. We are back with a second episode of The Stonk Show. I have a special guest this week, Adam Grease. Adam, welcome to the show. Thank you, Nick. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, it's being broadcast around the world into the rooms of maybe like 10 people at the moment. <laughs> so it's, pre it's pretty exciting. Uh, however... As usual, this show has three parts to it. Uh, we're going to get started with the first part, which is our, you know, special news edition. Breaking news. Rocket stonks. Are you in or are you in, Adam? In. You're in. Wow. Okay. Uh, I have not uh, placed any bet in this whatsoever, uh, and I cannot say that I'm, I'm I'm an investor in this. Are you actually placing a trade in it? No. All right. Well, we've. <laughs> thanks for coming on. Uh, <laughs> we we uh, I'm not in it as well. I'm going to be honest. Although I did. Have you traded any of the meme stocks at all? Heavily. I was. Uh, I put down about 30k in AMC. At the time, and I bought one share of GME to be along for the ride. Oh, I also bought some KOSS. I don't even know what that company does, but I made some money on it. <laughs> that is absolutely ridiculous. Wait, so you put thirty grand into AMC? Are you still holding it? Yeah, I'm holding like about ten of it. I sold some, and on cost, I think I put down about four K and. Uh, I sold it at around seven, so I made a profit on that one. On AMC, I lost the money. Uh, AMC, I actually is one stock that I uh, was going to short earlier in the uh, COVID market, uh, but I think we were a bit late to that trade. Uh, all of the movie theaters and uh, cruises by that time had already uh, materialized. Yeah, and I mean... Well, but with the re reopening, I think the, the prospects are pretty bright. You know, everybody thinks that, or the market seems to think that everything is going to get back to normal ASAP and we're all going to be hugging and kissing each other come May. So let's see if that unfolds. Uh, you know, it, it sounds ridiculous even saying that now after living through a year of trauma uh, induced by a global pandemic. But I mean, I, I'm, I for one am definitely hopeful uh, that that's a real possibility, uh, but I have zero trades. 
uh, involved in this outside. My only trade at this moment is that the Fed continues to indefinitely print money. Well, you know, my uh, my big trade on this is I have Norwegian way out of the money calls, Norwegian cruises for uh, September. So we'll see. I'm, uh, as of last week, they were up 140% since I bought them. Have you ever been on a cruise? Only on one of those summit series, like entrepreneur conferences, cruise things. Uh, that was a nice flex there. Um, you were, you're part of an elite group to get invited to uh, <laughs> s s such a privileged experience. But I mean, yeah, I've never, I've been on a boat. I can't say that I've been on a cruise though. And all of my boat experiences Listen, yeah, have not been great. Well, I, I want to say this, this whole cruise thing, I always kind of um, thought it was more of a, you know, mass or not, you know, mass experience that wouldn't be very high quality. But then when I was on that cruise, I mean, it's kind of like all you can eat buffets, um, a lot of swimming pools and kind of services, amenities, massages, et cetera, and uh, booze. And I got to say, what's not to love? I. Uh well, the pollution for one, but I'm, I, I, but I agree with the entertainment. You know, there's a lot of places that I can find entertainment uh, outside of, you know, like the Titanic and places of, of uh, such form. However, I mean, to each their own. Uh, and uh, it definitely is a hell of a call. And I think that there are a lot of people who are still interested in getting on a giant ship with other people. Uh, for, you know, rest and relaxation uh, on the, uh, the vast ocean that is the ocean. So, okay, so on to the next portion of the show. Each portion is really supposed to be no more than five minutes, and we've gone on here. So, Adam, let's jump in. That is the crowd going crazy for you. They're very happy to have you here on the show. Uh how about, let's introduce you. How do we know each other? I can actually say, uh, but you can go, feel free. So to me, it's actually buried in the midst of time, although it must have been somewhere around 2008 where, you know, you were running a blog about Facebook apps and then maybe building some apps. And I was building apps on the platform and probably we met at some conference or communicated uh, online in some way. Yes, that that's one of the epic tales of how we met. And what I would say, so what was uh, what what's interesting about Adam and why I thought you'd be a phenomenal fit for this show is because you're always scheming up ideas the same way that I am. Now, I always have a ton of ideas for things to go execute on, and I execute on some small fraction of them some of them with full intention, others uh, just to start and quit right before things start getting momentum. But uh, you always are ahead of the trends. And I'm going to be honest, Clubhouse was one of those. I appreciate that. Although I wouldn't quite uh, second it. I mean, I was on Clubhouse last April. So I was, in fact, you know, I see some people now uh, kind of waving around the, the, their number user. Like, I was user number 707 or something like that. 
And I was like, wow, that's stupid. Let me look up what I was. And I'm like, oh, I signed up before that guy. And I'm not waving it around. But actually, in the first like seven months, I just didn't really think it was that promising. Um, so I, I wasn't that far ahead of the curve. I, I kind of felt like, okay, it's a social club for Silicon Valley or like tech people. And the content isn't really there. And I only realized that it could be huge a few months ago. Yeah, you're actually the reason why that uh, one of the core reasons why this show even exists is because I was chatting with Adam and he was like, this is the future. And I'm like, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Like half of these shows, uh, I th there are definitely some sketchy rooms. Like, don't get me uh, started here. Like, you can go listen to them right now. Uh, well, actually, please don't stay in this room. But uh, I definitely am in agreement and Adam is someone who I look for in terms of uh, timing trends. Um, and sometimes they're the right thing to do and other times they're not. Uh, just, just like me. However, I think this is one that definitely makes a lot of sense. Uh, and I'll be interested to see um, what the next phase is. Is there anything in particular that you're like looking forward to happening with Clubhouse and comparable uh, services? Yeah, I appreciate that, Nick. Um, I, I think that there, there are a lot of interesting aspects about Clubhouse. One thing that's remarkable is how they seem to have nailed live audience engagement with, um, with these shows in, in a way that TV, live TV, and probably live radio has always aspired to do, but never figured out. And I think that's going to be a source of a lot of businesses and major innovation disruption. Because fundamentally, you're taking that situation where, you know, Fox News is running and they have to coordinate ahead of time. Oh, uh, I, I see we have blah, blah, blah on the line, but now everybody's online all the time. Um, so the, the, the ability to engage and get unique content and very quality insights and input on the fly just went up 100x. And platforms where people already have distribution uh, and can engage on unique content and kind of uh, on-the-fly live content, like on Twitter and, of course, on Clubhouse, is just incredible. I mean, you're, you're going to see sudden rooms with millions of people where somebody has a megaphone uh, that they can use to, to communicate and bring up, uh, bring up other experts in whatever the field of uh, conversation is and immediately have some of the best kind of engagements. And you could think about it as a, as a panel but it could be any panel, right? So it disrupts conferences, it, it disrupts live uh, news, it disrupts, uh, disrupts uh, talk shows, game shows, live game shows, and uh, a lot of other categories. So I, I think this will be big, and that traditional media, which has been aspiring to do this, will either have to acquire or build certain comparable tools because the experience is just going to be superior for the audience. All right, so this, is, this was a, a meta conversation given that this is the Clubhouse show. And we can discuss uh, Clubhouse all day long. But let's talk investments since this is the stock show. Uh, we can either either pick a stock or a crypto that you're uh, that you want to push or you're super bullish on outside of your uh, cruise calls. <laughs> That's funny. Well, I mean, to you know, just to borrow that phrase, I like the stock. There are two stocks that I like these days 
uh, one is Square and the other is uh, STIC, which is a SPAC. Uh, it's the SPAC for BarkBox, which is a monthly subscription for doggy stuff. Yes. But let's be honest. Okay. Has anyone made money on a SPAC after uh, we found out what the company is? Because I'm currently batting 0, 0 and 2. Uh, the data seems to indicate yes. So um, I think it really just depends which one you're you're betting on. Well, uh, clearly then I'm not a great portfolio manager and I appreciate you throwing me under the bus there. <laughs> just as a quick <laughs> heads up, uh, we're a minute away from the next portion of this show. So if there's people in the audience who want to ask about an individual stock, crypto, anything else like that that's investment related, please feel free to raise your hand and we'll bring you up in the next portion of this show in a minute. Uh, in the interim, so, okay, so you bought BarkBox and you've just been holding on to it? Yeah, as I said, I like the stock. I'm My only issue, and I don't want to uh, rant too much here, is that if you go look up any company that is a SPAC at the moment, like for BarkBox, for example, you can't search it if you're in like Google Finance or something like that. You can't just type in BarkBox and it shows up. Instead, you get... I know, and, and I... Yeah, you get some random thing. So let me actually explain, and I'll share here why I got into... How I how and why I got into BarkBox. So this is one of those situations where, you know, you, you were mentioning about kind of following a, a trend quickly and whatever. It was about uh, a few months ago, and I was laying in bed on a, on a Friday night. The markets were about to close. I'm in Taiwan, so this is like the middle of the night where I am. And I was like, fuck, you know, I should really think about this whole... I should do some more investing, the SPAC thing, blah, blah, blah. And I saw a tweet by uh, Keith Raboys, which said, oh, Open Door is going to affect the merger uh, on Monday, meaning that it would go from the name, it was one of the Chamatha SPACs, IPOB, and the ticker would change because the merger would be completed for the SPAC and it would change to OPEM, Open. And so I thought to myself, huh, Maybe, you know, I, I know I know the CEO. I mean, I didn't have like any special information, but uh, the, the, the CEO, it was a group company and, you know, that, that was funded by my investor of my previous startup. And so I thought, oh, yeah, I kind of wanted to succeed. Let me just, you know, throw in 10 grand. So so I bought 10 grand of it. And I also uh, I, I also uh, sold some cash secured uh, puts thinking that. You know, if it if it goes down a bunch, then I'll get it a little a little heavier. And then what happened was on Monday, I opened my Ameritrade, and what I see is that my puts show up as uh, as not symbol not found, meaning that even though the market was open, Ameritrade is just so unable to deal with facts that. That option that I bought was now had now disappeared. Think how effed up that is. I mean, if I had put a lot of money on the line, I'd be ripping my hair out trying to call these guys and figure out what, where the hell is my money. <laughs> and the ten thousand dollars that I put in Open Door was showing up as minus twenty nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars. So ten thousand dollars that should have been plus was showing up in the interface as minus. And as soon as I saw that, I thought wow, holy shit, like the world just doesn't know how to deal with SPACs. And, and, and then, and, and you have this, like this name, this ticker. And I did, I just like you, Nick, I, I tried to search it 
before and I couldn't find like the ticker. And then I, I got this email letting me know that uh, BarkBox was also going to go uh, go do a SPAC. This was public information, but I, I got the email from the group, you know, from my my previous investor, uh, kind of uh, sharing the, the good news. And so when I got that news, I was like, wow, fuck, like this is this is an opportunity. This, this is a good company. The pet industry is blowing up. Um, I'm just going to buy this, the, uh, a share of this uh, thing, this pre-merger SPAC. And, and I got to tell you, it's like, it, 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 it's true. It, it looks really weird. It looks like a scam to most people. A lot of people can't even trade these. And uh, I also did a little bit of kind of Google trend research into like how many people are searching for SPACs. And it's been going up um, in the US, but in the rest of the world, it's like non-existent, even though a lot of countries in Europe can trade American securities. So my, my sense is that, you know, there's still a lot of opportunities simply because the world hasn't yet quite caught on to SPAC. And the fact is that in the past year, there were 250 SPACs. I mean, IPOs be a SPAC. And that's, that's like, I don't know, 40, 50% of all IPOs. That's unheard of. In previous years, it was about, you know, 10% or 5%. So something is clearly changing. And I think there are going to be a lot of duds, but also winners. I'm in one of the SPACs, but your story of trading options on an ETF, uh, I have definitely experienced as well. I had one that was in the money, but when the ETF merged with some other one, it didn't matter. They were like, look, unfortunately, you don't get anything from this uh, and you just lost all of your money. So you, ha you definitely have to be careful with trading uh, options on any um, anything uh, that is... Just to be clear... Um yeah. By the way, Nick, the, the, the options did not disappear. It was literally a UI bug. Okay, well, that's crazy. Uh, did they give you your money back? No, no, no. Uh, like four hours later, in the middle of the trading day, suddenly it appeared as OPEN options. You see what I mean? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Just like super fucked up. I mean, whoever is the engineering person there should be fired. I will say I've had, it depends on who you trade options with. I've had Schwab reimburse me for a trade that I said where I, I clicked the button and I tried to exit and, and then the position went against me, but it didn't happen. Um, so yeah, uh, that doesn't, um, it, it, it doesn't surprise me. And a lot of these firms will uh, reimburse you, especially if you're actively trading on them. Okay. We're going to enter into the third portion of this show. That is thunder, which is in place of lightning, which, yeah, I just completely blatantly stole from uh, Mad Money. But this is the lightning portion, not the lightning round, the lightning portion of the show uh, where the community can raise their hand. So far, no one's raised their hand, and instead they have texted me items. Seriously, feel free to raise your hand. In the interim, if I do not see the hand raised, I will go ahead and bring up the subject matters that they brought up. Jeff, who's in the audience and not raising his hand, asked about Buzz. Have you heard about this one, uh, Adam? Dave, no. Dave Portnoy uh, is launching his own ETF, So he, uh, which is absolutely bonkers. Uh, Dave Portnoy, uh, if you're unfamiliar... They ended up merging into Penn Gaming. Um, yeah, Barstool. Yep. And so that's worked out pretty well for him. And I guess uh, he kind of, 
I feel like is one of the key leaders among, um, I wouldn't say leaders because he's not active on Wall Street bets necessarily, uh, but it seems to have an overlapping audience there. And so him launching an ETF, I mean, Penn has gone from $4.52 last March to now $125. So that would have been like the smartest investment ever. And I, I definitely did not invest in that. Um, so the question is, is it time to get in when he launches his ETF? It's a social media sentiment ETF. I'm not even quite sure how the hell you invest in social media sentiment. Like there's no, uh, uh, like you can't go and benchmark that. Uh, however, um, it sounds like it's going to be all automatically traded. So are you going to invest in that? I think that question may have been for, was that for me or for Megan? No, it's for you. Megan is the moderator. Megan, the mod mod. She's just been playing oh, the see. role of moderator. No, that's for you, Adam. Oh, I see. I see. Uh, yeah, no, I, I will not invest in that because I basically have committed to invest only in what I know. And I, I don't know anything about that stuff. That is the antithesis of the Wall Street Bets motto, which is to yellow it all into something that you don't know anything about. And uh, but I like your strategy. You're talk. You're you're providing real talk here. Yeah, I mean, look. At the end of the day, you got to know your strength. So if I think that I understand like some meme, then I, I might put some money behind that. But I mean, this stuff. And ETFs, oh my God, I don't know anything about that. I mean, it sounds like it's essentially going to parallel, uh, not Wall Street bets, but similar. Oh, um, and we have the next person, Brett. Brett, welcome to the stage. What's your pick? Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Uh, nice to see you again, Adam. Yeah, likewise. It's been too long. I just want to do a quick touch on those facts. Um, they're kind of a crazy space chart now. In 2013, they raised $1 billion in capital. In 2021, year to date, they've raised over $65 billion in capital. So you go from a billion in a year to over a billion a day. And you touched on Chamath in general with, uh, I think IPOB was the one that switched over to Open Door, but he's, yeah. he's going down the alphabet with IPO A, B, A through Z, basically. And uh, I think E, E, and F are still active as facts right now. The other ones aren't listed yet. And he has. I mean, I love, by the way, as a, as a side note, I love that. I love that strategy because literally, even a grade schooler trading on Robinhood can get that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. There's there's questions like that. How much of this is uh, a trend versus how much is actual? You know, the company going to be doing the same amount of business ten years down the line? But he he has a pretty good track record, so. I mean, I think if you're just getting into SPACs and you can find IPO D, IPO E, or IPO F close to their net asset value, which is $10 for these SPACs, you have a pretty low risk because in outside of a liquidity event where something crazy happens and, and their money disappears, if the SPAC doesn't do a deal within, I think, a year or two, you get $10 back. So if you get if you buy a stock at ten dollars, it's basically a no risk investment. Um, once it switches over to a ticker, obviously it can trade at any price. But 
there is that kind of people see these or have historically seen them as a sort of safe haven for money in a volatile market. That's all I, that's all I had to say here. Excellent. Thanks for coming up. I love that. Is there, you don't have one ticker that you want to uh, ask about to the, to the experts that are here on stage, Adam and myself. I mean, this is not financial advice. I've seen a lot of uh, things about GameStop, GME in the news, and I have to say I like the stock, and I'm not a cat. <laughs> All right. Thank you for coming up. Well said. Um, okay, so we have SPACs. We have uh, Dave Portnoy. And I think that's about it. I think we've uh, gone through this entire show, Adam. Adam. Thank you so much for coming on as a guest. It was a pleasure. This was uh, the second episode of The Stonk Show. We're here every Tuesday at 8 p.m. And you and the throngs of individuals, that was the word used by the co-host last week, Mark, who's in the audience. Uh, The audience just keeps growing here, and I expect it to only grow from here on out. Thanks for coming.